today on The Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. The Premier of Ontario, Kathleen Wynne, is joining us on air right now. Good afternoon, Kathleen Wynne. How are you today? Good afternoon, Scott. How are you? I'm doing very I'm fine. well. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, I really do appreciate this. Obviously, uh, it's busy this time of year for everybody, and we uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It's a pleasure. I liked what you said about the LRT. I, what do you want to get it built? I, you know, this is uh, a little bit of a sore spot for us down at this end of the lake, as I'm sure you know. Uh, what is your position? It looks now as if obviously uh, we've agreed to let Metrolinx run it. Now they are saying that they want it to all be under the HSR union, uh, local 107, I believe. Uh, What's your answer well, to that moving forward? Yeah, you know what, I'm not going to wade into the debate, Scott, but w- what I will say is, you know, we have committed a uh, billion dollars to this. We've said we're, we want to get it built, and uh, I think you know that since I was a Minister of Transportation, which was in 2010, um, this debate has been going on. So. I just hope that uh, once these discussions have been had, City Council will turn to us and we can uh, we can get the shovels in the ground. One more question on LRT. There's some people in town that I think believe that if we don't spend uh, the billion dollars on LRT, that you will give it to us for something else to use. Is there anything you can add to that discussion? This money is for higher-order transit, right? And there's been a long discussion about it. We want to get the LRT built, and that's what the money's for. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that clarification. Uh, Let's get rolling here. Uh, How do you convince Ontarians of change when it's your government that's been here for the last uh, 15 years or so? It's not the opposition. It's you that's got us where we are. How do you take that moving forward? Well, let me just say, first of all, that um, we we are making right now a lot of change in Ontario. Um, we're, you know, we're putting in place supports and changes that, uh, that are, are making the province more fair. If we look, just look at January 1st, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a big change in this province. People who are earning $11.60 an hour as uh, minimum wage are going to be earning $14 an hour. And families that, uh, have a prescription from their medical practitioner, their nurse practitioner, their doctor, they go into a, a pharmacy to buy medication for their kids, they are going to be able to get that medication free with their health card. So there's there's change happening, Scott, and, uh, you know, it's happening because we know that even though the province is doing very well, uh, we're leading economic growth in the country, we're outstripping uh, economic growth in the United States and OECD countries, still there are people who are not benefiting from that uh, from that economic growth. And so the changes we're bringing in are changes to level the playing field, to make Ontario fairer, to provide more opportunity for people. And, you know, free tuition, for example, is another, another example of that for kids who, uh, students who come from families that are not as affluent, they can go to uh, uh, college or university without worrying about uh, accruing that huge debt. So that's the change that we need right now, and that's the change that we're implementing. Premier, many are asking why more fair now? Why not more fair years ago? Why not more fair, for example, before the whole electricity situation? Why now? Well, what I would say to that, Scott, is that um, since we've been in office, 
um, we've been working to level that playing field. You know, I just referenced the fact I was Minister of Transportation in 2010, and we were already uh, working to invest in uh, infrastructure in Hamilton. Since I've been the Premier, when I came in into this office in 2013, one of the things I ran on in my leadership was uh, fair retirement security, and we worked to get the Canada Pension Plan enhanced. So what we're doing right now, those uh, those initiatives I talked about, whether it's the OHIP Plus or whether it's free tuition for um, for students, um, that those initiatives build on the platform that we already had in place. And we're able to do those things now because we balance the budget and we have a bit of capacity to take these next steps. So it's all it's all uh, part of a, a continuum, but um, we're able to take these steps now because of the, the economic growth that we're seeing. How do you combat a, what some would say, a kindler, gentler PC party that more resembles a Bill Davis government than a Mike Harris? Uh, How do you position that moving into the next election? Well, I would just ask people to look very, very closely at what uh, what they're proposing because I lived through and was, uh, you know, I was a young mom and I was um, engaged in uh, school board politics when Mike Harris was the uh, the premier, and I can tell you that with Patrick Brown promising to take $12 billion out of health and education to make those cuts, that very much smacks of what happened in the, uh, in the late 90s. And so it's very worrisome that, um, that, that, you know, that that's part of uh, the platform of, a, of someone who, uh, who thinks that he's ready to, uh, to be the premier. I believe that that would be very bad for for families, for individuals, for children in this province. We've seen that happen before. And so the distinction between what he's proposing and what we're saying is that, you know, we recognize that there needs to be more fairness. We recognize that there need to be supports for people. But we don't think that can come at the cost of taking $12 billion out of services to people in the province. Uh, Many uh, on the left, when uh, talking about the PCs, will use the Mike Harris uh, government as an example. I'm still angry the 40 seven was sold so that's my you know the bee in my bonnet there uh, that being said uh, there's lots of people talking about a uh, a kinder a kinder approach as in the Bill Davis as opposed to the Mike Harris days even incorporating a lot of your policy uh, in their platform is it going to be different fighting a Bill Davis approach as opposed to a Mike Harris approach well again Scott I don't I don't see it as that distinction because um, I I don't recall Bill Davis taking 12 billion dollars or the equivalent in the 70s out of uh, out of services in this province and that's exactly what the uh, what the the Tories are proposing they're saying they can take 12 billion dollars out of uh, out of services and and charge people more for uh, a carbon tax you know we chose we chose to put cap and trade in place to join the carbon market with California and with Quebec because it's a cost-effective, cheaper way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And I think we can all agree that needs to happen, but not... Uh, not by charging people more. And so what, what the Tories are proposing is to take $12 billion out of services and to charge people more in order for greenhouse gas emissions to go down. That doesn't make any sense to me, and I think, uh, I think that people need to look very closely at what he's proposing. Uh, what about cap-and-trade? Many are confused, uh, don't see this as simple or as transparent as a straight carbon tax, you know, and especially when it comes to the Prime Minister. Uh, he's elected more for a carbon tax on everybody than an actual cap-and-trade. Why not be in sync with him? 
Well, so here's the thing. Um, if you have a carbon tax like the Tories are proposing, um, you'd have to keep increasing that carbon tax in order to see the greenhouse gas emissions go down. In order to get rid of the pollution, you'd have to keep increasing that, uh, that tax. And so what we've said is, you know what, let's, let's put a cap in place and let's make sure that uh, industry works to... Um, to make sure that they reduce their pollution. And at the same time, as money comes in, because what, what happens is that industry basically pays to buy themselves some time to reduce those, uh, those emissions. And that money, when it comes into government, it goes right back out again to help people in their homes, in their businesses, to reduce pollution. So we reinvest in retrofitting people's houses, you know, windows, um, new, uh, new heating systems to help them to reduce pollution, to help businesses develop more technology so that they can reduce pollution. And that's why, that's why the cap and trade system, the carbon market, is a better system for us here in Ontario than a, uh, than a carbon tax. Wouldn't it be better, though, for everybody to be on the same page? Well, what the, what the Prime Minister has said is that, you know, everybody needs to be meeting their targets and reducing, uh, reducing uh, pollution. And um, we were already down this road, you know. Quebec had already joined the, uh, the market with California. Uh, we had already indicated we were going to join the, uh, the market with Quebec. And we, you know, we made the point that if you look at B.C., they've got a carbon tax, and I know the Tories always point to B.C., but the problem is, the greenhouse gas emissions are not going down. The pollution's not being reduced because the carbon tax hasn't been raised. So we looked at that and we thought, you know what, this doesn't make sense. It's going to be cheaper for the people of Ontario if we put in place uh, a joint carbon market than if we put in place a carbon tax. What do you say to those that say it's less transparent because we don't know where the money goes? Well, what I say to them is they can go online, they can look at the, uh, the um, Ontario uh, website, and they can see where the money goes. They can see where the programs are. They can see that uh, we have put in place uh, a tracker of where those dollars are being invested and the money that has come in through the, uh, the carbon market and where it's going out to, uh, to be invested in, as I said, in people's homes and in businesses to develop technology. So the money is going out into, uh, into the community. Obviously, California, Ontario, and in Quebec, populous provinces. That being said, do we not need more involved in this for it to actually work? Are you concerned that other provinces don't seem to be jumping on board? Well, here's, here's what we need, Scott, is we need other countries to be involved. And if you look at what's happening around the world, countries like China are uh, moving to adopt a cap-and-trade system. So really what we need is we need to look at this globally, and um, what we're seeing is that cap-and-trade is the option that large uh, developing and polluting countries are opting for, which, which says to me that we're on the right track. You know, Ontario and Canada, are we're a small population. We have to do our part, but we also have to work with other nations to, uh, to uh, reduce pollution globally. And that's, you know, that's what the Paris Conference is about. That's what the, the global discussions are about. And so I'm really encouraged that uh, other nations are, uh, are going for the cop, uh, cap and trade.
The last time we talked, Premier, we talked about um, uh, the electricity system and, of course, what's been happening in Ontario and, and, and how other provinces are, are changing their system. And, and at that point, I believe you said that, you know, we had done it first, that the rest of the provinces are now playing catch up to us. And this in response to, to people being concerned of their raising hydro rates and such. Was there really an advantage to being first here for us? Wouldn't it have been better to just take our time and do it methodically and... Without so you're, ta- you're talking about um, shutting down the coal plants? Uh, well, the whole uh, Green Energy Act. Yeah, yeah. So the, um, I mean, this is all, these things are all related, right? Um, what, what we know is that um, the, the environment is struggling given, um, given the, uh, the greenhouse gas emissions, given climate change. And so, as I said earlier, we, have to, we all have to do our part. So shutting down the coal-fired plants was a huge step in that direction. In fact, Scott, it was the biggest reduction in pollution um, in North America at the time. And so we have, uh, we've, you know, we've taken a big step. But we were big polluters, so we needed to we needed to do that. And then the the development of renewables was part of that. The response to the shutting down of the coal fired plants. I'm I'm quite comfortable for us to say to our kids and our grandkids, you know, yes, we develop we're developing technology in Ontario, whether it's clean air, whether it's clean water, we're developing technology that when I travel the world, people are looking to us for that technology. And that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't got hadn't gotten into Are they the buying this stuff area. off as premier? Are they buying this technology off us? Because we heard, you know, like when I was talking to Energy Minister Tebow, he would he would always point to the Siemens plant in Tilsonburg, which of course is now closed down. Where are the jobs that are being created? So I, I just came back from a trade mission to um, China. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we signed over $2 billion worth of, uh, of agreements. And as part of those, I, I don't have the exact breakdown, but as part of that, we had clean tech companies with us. We had um, water tech companies with us. And those... Those partnerships are creating jobs here in Ontario. There are 20, I think it was 2,100 jobs as a result of those agreements that we would sign. Now, some of them, some of them are research, some of them are university partnerships, but a lot of them are business partnerships, agriculture, food, clean water, clean air. So, yes, those those technologies that are being developed here are very important here, but they're very important in the uh, the rest of the world as well. Uh, what about your free, uh, f- uh, future uh, Premier Wynne? Uh, if re-elected, will you fulfill your term? That's been some chatter in the media of late. Will you continue the full term if, if re-elected? As I've said when I'm asked that question, I'm really focused on June and the election. And, you know, in terms of, in terms of getting from here to there, I've got a job to do. You know, we're implementing a plan to make this province as fair and full of opportunity as we can, um, and then we are, then we're going to uh, run an election, and I look forward to serving the people of Ontario in whatever capacity they choose for me. Kathleen Wynne has been with us, Premier of Ontario. Kathleen Wynne, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. All the best. I hope everyone has a great holiday. And back to you, too. Thank you so much. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.